Hello, my dear Methody Magical folks around the world. Tis I, your co-host, Dan, along with my illustrious co-host, Jessica, a.k.a. J-Bub, a.k.a. Jessasaurus. How are you doing, Mama I'm doing so good. How are you doing today? I'm actually doing pretty fabulous. How was your Easter stroke, Ishtar stroke Passover weekend? Um, Easter was awesome. I'm down here in Florida. I was with my family and we went on a pirate ship ride yesterday in honor of Easter. Well, we celebrated Easter and then we went on a, um, a sunset cruise on a pirate ship. So it was a um, very non-traditional, I mean, it was half traditional and then half non-traditional. Um, but it was a really great time with family connecting. So it was awesome. Here's my question. What do you consider to be traditional Easter? Go. Good question. Um, yeah, I guess it was pretty traditional in the first half of the day then. Yeah, we typically get together with family. Um, my family usually makes lamb. We go to church in the morning. That's sort of our typical traditional Easter happenings. But usually we're with my sister and my brother-in-law, and they were up in the Northeast, and they did not come down and join us in the the very warm southeastern part of the country. So, um yeah, that, that's usually our typical. It just usually doesn't end with a pirate ship ride. You know what I mean? Well, your sibling and her cr- her, her crew missed out on a pirate ride. <laughs> they did. How was, your, <laughs> how was your, how was your, I was literally laughing going, this is hilarious. I can't believe this is happening right now, but I love every minute of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, how was your Easter, Dan? Do you celebrate? I... I'm conflicted around Easter. And I'll keep those views to myself for now. They sure. may come out. Um, but uh, my sister and her kids are over from the from the UK in the States. So I flew into the city where they are. And I've been with my nephew and my niece and my sister and some other peeps. And I haven't seen my nephew and niece for almost a year because I've been on the road um, away from the UK. So it's been really lovely giving them hugs and stuff. I missed their, both their birthdays last year. So... It was nice to see them and Christmas and New Year's. Can say some good catch up time with family in person is always awesome. Yes, very good catch up time. Those of you tuning in for the first time may wonder who are these two people talking about pirate ships, Ishtar, Easter, and not being in the UK. My name's Dan. I am, <laughs> I am your host here. I also do speaking, I do writing, I've got books and whatnot. Uh, host of the Do It With Dan podcast and do a bit of coaching. Yeah, that's what I do. Jessica, who are you? Let the people know. Yes, my name is Jess Babaco. We've had a lot of shows with get like with people who have come on who have been um, guests. So we are having the first show in a while where it's just the two of us. Um, but my name is Jess Babaco. I work as an intuitive medium and also as a teacher and mentor. And I work with people who are beginning to open up to their spiritual gifts and are really wanting to understand why they why am I so sensitive? Why do I feel so much? Um, you know, what does this all mean? How do I manage it? How do I how do I know what's my energy versus someone else's? Um, and I really help them to understand their se- themselves in a deeper way and understand how energy works. Yes. Mind-blowing. Do you know why this is mind-blowing? And this happens. I'm going to tell the guests, our friends here around Internet land, uh, a story that exemplifies Jess and I's friendship. So I'm predominantly based in Mexico when I'm not on the road teaching and speaking and whatnot. And... Um, and just came to visit and we're walking along the beach. We had a really nice long walk, long walk on the beach one day. And there was a man selling blankets. And I got really obsessed for a moment with wanting one of the blankets. Whilst also, because I'm very self-aware, knowing that I didn't want the blanket, but still feeding this big pool for the blanket. And I turned to Jess and I said, I don't know why, but I'm really obsessed with that blanket. To which Jess said, to which Jess said. Oh, well, first off, I'm going to preface this with saying I was listening to whatever Dan was talking about in the conversation, but half not listening to him because all I could think about was how badly I wanted that purple blanket. So he's like, I don't know why I'm obsessed with that purple blanket. Like I pass this guy all the time. I have no desire to buy that purple blanket. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're reading my thoughts. Like it literally, (laughs) it happens all of the time. And what's so cool is this weekend I was with my aunt Rochelle Aunt Rochelle shout out if you're listening. Um, (laughs) we were talking and 
there were multiple times where I would think something and then two minutes later, she would say something about it. Like for instance, I was thinking about something about Australia and two seconds later, she starts talking about some story about dingoes in Australia. And I'm like, this is like, energy is so real. Thought energy is so real. And for my sensitive peeps out in there in the world who are like, you know, confused. And they're like, sometimes I don't know what I want versus what someone else wants. And like, I'm just so confused. Well, sometimes you're really picking up on other people's thought energy. So it can get really confusing. And so um, a lot of the work that I do is teaching people how to understand and distinguish what is theirs, what are their desires, what are their needs, what are their thoughts, so that they can start to really move in the direction of their desires as opposed to other people's. Yes. I'm going to tell you why my mind's blown, but I'm going to preface it with another little story. So what's happened is, is that I've been doing a lot more work with um, sort of bigger ticket entrepreneurs recently, which I felt a lot more called, or I've given myself permission to do because we've managed to bring down the cost of a lot of the online programs. We're doing a lot more with the group coaching. So more people get access to the coaching and whatnot. And one thing that I've really wanted to connect with over the past couple of weeks is just spending time just connecting randomly with my audience. And so I've just been sort of just randomly hitting up people and just saying, hey, what's going on with you? Like, is there anything that's happening? I'd love to like support you. Not, I mean, in the past, I've done like free coaching calls for periods of time, but this time I'm just really just reaching out to people and just felt really cool to just do that. And then this morning, I really, when well, it was yesterday, I had this real pull that I want to just, flick through some of the communities that I'm a part of, some of the online communities that I'm a part of, and just see what's going on with people and see if there's any way that I can be of service to them. With me so far? All right. So there I was just buzzing around. Um, one group, um, mutual person we know called Ian, is, is runs it called Evolved Life. I was in there and I was like, do you know what? This doesn't feel like community anymore. And so what I was actually called, felt called to do there was just to like, call people back to community. It turned into a thing of people just wanting to post stuff and advertise their stuff. And this is me and I'm sharing my live, not even like, not even putting a, a comment like, hey, this video I thought would really serve the community in this way or whatever. It was just, here's my video, here's my video, whatever. You know, watch it and give me some views. Uh, so I, I did a little thing there. So, you know, guys, let's just come back to community. I invited them to take up the, Pay it forward Monday challenge that we do in Microsoft Dominions as well, just you know, go and do something positive to the in the world. And then I went in another group, which I hadn't gone to for this purpose because you don't normally see communication of that type. So the group that I went to, looking at it as a place where normally there's community discussion where I could kind of sit and maybe be of service to someone, there was no community discussion going on at all. It was just sharing stuff. I then went to a group that I go to just to look for positive content not because I was going to do what I thought I wanted to do. And there was one solitary post. I've never seen this before in this group ever. One solitary post of someone asking for help. And Jess, guess what he wanted help with? What? Being super sensitive to what's going on energetically around. They'd had an accident, which had given them some, some had some effect on, on, on their brain function. And it meant that with short-term memory loss and some other things, they haven't been able to manage the level of influxing energy and emotions that's been, so they felt overwhelmed with their em empathic gifts and asked what they could do about it. And I don't know why I thought that I could help with that because that's not really my thing. <laughs> but then I come on, I come here and that's exactly what you're talking about. So I'm going to connect you with said person Please do. And I also would like to just say, guys, this is where the, the idea, I say guys, guys and gals, ladies and gents, I was going to go into communities today and I didn't do it. And I'm like, I'm going to go into Facebook communities and connect. I haven't done that like in six months. So thank <laughs> you. We are all connected via thought energy. And that is why. <laughs> thank you for doing that. I must have sent you a message by accident. Um, I, I love this. I love this. And, and you know what? I, I think, you know, something I really want to talk about today, we were supposed to have a guest. We're not having a guest today, um, but something I'd really love to talk about. And some of the things that we've learned over this journey, over the past few months of having different guests on here from our abundance series, from our, um, you know, from our, our 
three-part series that we did on how to manifest and create what you want. I would really love to talk about, Dan, what are some of the biggest lessons that we've learned, the biggest golden nuggets that we have um, gained from this show and share them with people in, in hopes that they will like helps they will reach the mind that needs to hear them, the mind, body, and spirit that need to hear them today. Because I think all the right people are here who need to be listening. I love it. And I just want to bathe a moment longer in the beauty of the fact that you wanted to do something and didn't. I set out to do something, ended up in a place that I wasn't looking to do said thing and found someone that you can be of service to. Mm. I love this. This makes me, me happy too. in life. This is connection. And this, I think, drives us back to, to what we talked about last week with Chris Winfield and, and Jen. Thinking that. We're on the wavelength today. Well, connection. So, I mean, connection is everything. And, and for me, something that I personally believe is that God, universe, spirit, Gus, whoever you call this this if you believe that there is something larger than us if you don't totally cool um but if that is the wavelength that you are on that you believe that there is something bigger than us i truly believe that this energy this spirit this whatever works through people um and you know my belief is that we're all a part of the divine we're all a part of um this bigger collective and as we're called to take care of ourselves we're called to listen to ourselves we're called to connect with our own energy. We're called to take care of our meat suits in whatever way we take care of them, whether it's through X, you know, we exercise, we eat well, we do all of these things. I believe that's truly, um, for me, that's connection to the divine is taking care of me. Um, and then from being able to take care of me from my full, having a sense of fullness within myself, I can then really go and serve and connect with other people. But again, it's like, sometimes I think of the world and all of the needs and the desires and the things that I have within myself that are my desires, um, that are unique to me. I'm like the only way to, besides, you know, going through my spiritual practice, doing all these things, it's like the things that I need are hiding within other people. Even if it's just having somebody who can reflect back to me what love truly is or whatever it may be, I have to go out there and I have to connect and I have to connect from a place of feeling whole and full within myself. Even if whole and full means that I just find acceptance that some days I feel like crud. I don't feel great. I'm, you know, I'm experiencing something, but knowing that that is a part of the wholeness in and of itself, it's not being perfect before I go out and connect, but knowing that it's really about just cultivating the space to be 150% me, um, you know, that, and when we can go out, we can accept ourselves and continue to work on that. We connect with other people and the, the, the connection can be really divine. I think it's because when we do reach that point that you said, we're at, when you're at a point of, let me step that back. We must be in acceptance of ourselves to be truly within ourselves. And it's only when we're truly within ourselves that we can connect to the trueness of who we really are. Hmm. What does self-acceptance mean to you? Not having stories that call me to think that I must be someone or something else. Being free of those stories. That I'm not good. That I'm not perfect just as I am. Even if there's space for expansion into something more, that doesn't take away from the perfection of what I am here and now. Mm. Yeah, that can be, that I think can be a challenging one, even for myself is coming into a place of, and especially I think being in tune and you're in tune. I mean, you're super in tune too with energy. I think it's not that, that people aren't in tune with it. I think it's that they're unaware of the fact that they're in tune with what's going on around them. Um, and calling attention to that and giving tools to be able to manage the fact that you're in tune with other people's energy. Um, mm -hmm. But I think that can be a challenge for a lot of people and sometimes myself included. So what are some of your favorite practices or your favorite things that you're, that you do for yourself enabled in order to be able to come back to the fact that I'm perfectly imperfect in this perfectly imperfect moment? infecting my environment with people who lovingly remind me about that. 
in a mm. non-sycophantic way. In a non-what? Non-sycophantic way. So um, should, like historically, what I used to do, and this caused me so much drama in my life, was allow my environment to be polluted as opposed to positively infected with people that basically fluffed my ego with plastic strokes that weren't lovingly supporting me being any particular part, sort of way, but kind of left me ragged to egoically bathe arrogantly in some parts of myself. But that really came from a space of insecurity, not from a space of, of self-worth. And so now what I do is I have people around me that call me out when I need to be called out, but do it in a way, a loving way and remind me of the beauty that does exist within me in a way that keeps me humble and grounded. Hmm. I'd love to hear the difference between the two. What does it look like to be goically stroked versus um, to really be supported and seen for who you are? So if I'm being a toe rag, right? I'm being a toe rag and you know, puffing out my chest, not from a space of confidence because confidence is silent, but from a space of insecurity and what have you, and someone stroking that. Oh yeah, you're great. Oh, look at that. That's so amazing. Blah, blah, blah. Also something to say for that exchange as well, because we can only experience what we're energetically aligned with. And so the substance of that which I was call, which I was calling in in terms of the people around me also speaks to the, the person that I was at the time, if that makes sense. And so that not so impact vibration that I was operating at, operating at, whereby the validation that I didn't have within myself was being satiated by these egoic ego strokes, the sycophancy. And for me, I think sycophancy just doesn't have any discernment. And it's just not love, love driven. So when I've I was, never if heard I'm a, of that. You've never heard of the word sycophant? No. It's an amazing word. Okay. I have more words to teach. Google yeah. this word. It's amazing. But if I'm a sycophant, for example, irrespective of what your space is, and irrespective of you needing to be called out on something, I'll continue to stroke your ego. But I'm not doing it from a place. I'm doing it generally. Generally, the... The, the, the role of a sycophant is filled by someone who is being self-served in that space. So let's mm. say, for example, I need you to stay in a position of power in order for me to feed off of that. Or there is an exchange that I get from you in order that, I, whether it's physical or energetic, I get from you as I feed your ego with my, my sycophantic strokes. We see this like with groupies, groupies of like a, like a, music stars or entertainment stars, their posse that, oh, you're amazing and blah, 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 and nobody talks to blah, 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 while blah, blah, blah is being a blah, 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 only eats red M&Ms and whatnot, you know? Oh, we mm -hmm. worship you and feed M&Ms. That's sycophancy, as opposed to, Jess, you're amazing, I love what you're doing, but stay grounded. So, like, there's, there's, there is a stark difference. I think probably looking at the whole thing of, like, the groupie, I think is probably one clear example of, of the sycophant probably will make just it clear to to yourself and the listeners as to what i'm driving at interesting i was you there dan yeah did you hear okay. me okay yeah sorry for some reason you you froze for a second so i wanted to make sure you were still there so yeah so being able to have friends, have people that you're connected with who lovingly are going, like, I think this comes down to like this definition of love and what love even is as well as like, um, you know, the more that I can love the parts of myself that are not cute, I'll say. So, um, I tend to be very emotional. I had a past couple of days that were, I was sick. I was crying. I just was not feeling my best. There was a lot that I was letting go of. The more I try to push that away or I try to say, I make myself wrong for feeling something. Um, and I've always been a, a highly emotional human. The more I make that wrong, 
um, the more that when I am in, I've seen in the past when I first started out in my business, I'm like, feeling a lot of emotions isn't good. It's wrong. You shouldn't do that because that was the story that I had generated around it. And I had to learn how to lovingly hold the space for myself. So what does that mean? I can be upset instead of being like, just stop it. Stop being upset. Stop crying. Stop feeling the way that you feel. I'm going to just allow you to feel this way. And I'm just going to love you through it. And then that has then in turn allowed me to see my clients in the same way of it's totally cool that you're crying. I think I always had more compassion for them than I had for myself, but being able to, um, it's and it's come into a deep, deeper place of self-love for me of being able I know you and I have talked about this a lot being able to sit with the shadow sides of ourselves sides of ourselves that aren't super cute and just be okay with them and be um in a space of love and connection with them changes you know it just it it changes the way that I show up for or interact with other people I'm more loving towards their their stuff, their, their not cute stuff when I'm showing up that way for me. So almost um, owning yourself allowed you to, like you said at the beginning of this, this part of our discussion, that once we do own ourselves, then we're better positioned to be more loving in our connections with other people and to be the spark of divinity in them too because we're, we're connected through that, through that authenticity, through that integrity to whom we really are, we're connected to the spark of the divine that's in us and like recognizes like. Absolutely, yeah. What's one of your favorite tips that you've received through the, the, the hosts, uh, co-hosts, I guess, that we've had over the past couple of weeks? What's been one of your biggest takeaways or nuggets from our guests? there's been so much goodness I think one of the things that's been great is I've learned something new every week I could literally go through and say one new thing that I've learned or one new perspective that I've had I mean even going back to Alex Agresta and I loved her answer about things being easy and it just nudged me back to the whole idea of loving contrast right um with uh, Daniel Fox, some of the tools that he gave, for example, around moving energy were absolutely powerful and amazing. Um, I was having kitten babies the entirety of the, <laughs> the entirety of our episode with James Williams. I was just silently learning so much at his feet. Uh, great, 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 great life hacks from him that I've really started implementing in my life. Um, Marla, hello. <laughs> uh, I'm being changed myself even to start going through some of those exercises and I was actually scared even I was actually scared even to look at some of the the exercises from Marla like a little bit scared um but I'm looking forward to breaking through that fear and actually employing those tools and and and, and making them show up and last week secret story friends I've been stalking them on social media. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're pretty awesome. Mm. Yeah. Dan, I was going to say with the the tools from Marla, um, I think that those tools allow you to have to be incredibly vulnerable with your partner or the person that you're talking to or even a friend if you use those tools. If you didn't tune in to the episode with Marla Mattinson, she's um, a relationship and intimacy coach with um, entrepreneurial couples. And she talks a lot about being able, like Dan, if I just sat here and really spoke to you about like exactly the way that I was feeling and what was coming up in response to something that you said, holy cannoli, like that, that can be a really vulnerable for me to say, Dan, I felt X, Y, and Z way when you did X, Y, and Z, or really just sort of put out there exactly what I was feeling. That can be a really vulnerable place to be in. Um, cause who of us wants to hurt someone else's feelings, quote unquote, if that's the way that it might be received by a partner, but they're really, really powerful tools to be able to create that space of vulnerability and empathy with someone. Do you know what actually came up for me a lot following 
and I've really been sitting with it this past few weeks, past couple of weeks, is how much I've been denying that I need a safe place to be vulnerable. I remember I spoke to you about this the other day, that, um, but not just having a safe space to be vulnerable, but a safe space to be vulnerable that doesn't allow me to victim mode, but caused me to be empowered by that time spent in vulnerability. That's, that's been a really, really big one for me to sit with. And um, checking the relationships I have in my life and almost taking an audit of which ones I'm allowed to be vulnerable in and actually recognizing that I've not really been allowing myself to be vulnerable in any of them, any of them, at least. But having yeah. consciously been creating a space of vulnerability in those relationships. And one thing that came up when I was speaking to a coaching client this earlier today, massive leaps in her life, like she's just flying right now, actually flying. And we're just checking in. Um, I'm just so happy again. Um, shout out, client, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, she promised to listen to me, you better be listening. Um, was that vulnerability is the only way that true intimacy can take place. And I'm not just talking about romantic intimacy. I'm just talking about, I'm talking about just heart-to-heart connection cannot happen unless there is space for vulnerability because it requires wholeness and vulnerability is part of the shadow that sometimes get out of the, out of the sandwich, I think. Yeah, I would, I would definitely say to everybody out there, I was having a conversation actually the other day and, um, somebody said, do you know how that person feels? Have you just asked them how they feel? And the other person said, I don't need to ask them how they feel. I know how they feel. And I was thinking to myself, how many times I've assumed that I've known how someone felt and responded to it um, and not actually asked them flat out, what are you feeling right now? I think, you know, sometimes we know people's habits, people's tendencies, things like that. Um, We know how they sort of default to feeling, but sometimes just asking a question of someone, like you might say, okay, I know this person's feeling anxious, so I'm going to bring them, uh, you know, a glass of water or whatever I'm going to do. But I think when you actually ask somebody how they're feeling or what's going on within them, it actually prompts that person to have to... um, ask themselves, how am I actually feeling? Maybe I am feeling anxious, but maybe there's something else underneath that. Maybe I'm feeling a little sad or I'm feeling um, a little abandoned or a little bit alone. Like the power of giving yourself the space to have someone to talk to and not every, you know, not everybody has someone. And sometimes we start out with our journal, just saying, here's how I feel and just go into town writing out what's showing up and that's your safe space to be vulnerable. And then step number two becomes who's a person that I feel really comfortable that they're not going to try to fix what I have to say. They're just going to literally be able to listen. And I think even um, with what Marla was saying, one of my favorite things about my friends in Charlotte, when I lived in Charlotte, North Carolina, was they had an impeccable ability to be able to say to me, what role do you need me to play right now? Do you need me to just listen? Do you need me to lend advice? Are you looking for validation? Like what is what is it that you need right now? And I think that vulnerability um, vulnerability breeds it breeds a ground for healing within ourselves mm-hmm. as well. So I love I'm that you're coming into that space, Dan, of of realizing that you are maybe desiring more places to be able to express yourself vulnerably. Because I know for myself, I think that's that's something as well. Mm. Do you have like a a big lesson that you've had? Because I I don't feel like I've had like a a big, big lesson over this this time that we spent. It's just been a lot of good stuff, a lot of good learning, a lot of great insights. Maybe the big one has been the piece of vulnerability, if I'm going to like pick something super big. But um, is there anything akin like my vulnerability experience that you've had over this last couple of months? I would say yes. Um... I think that last week with Chris Winfield and Jen Gottlieb, they they really had a great outlook on publicity 
and putting yourself out there and the way that you see your work. I think sometimes when, because I'm so close to my work and to what I'm doing, I have a very natural perfectionist tendency within me of it has, I have to do it right. I have to make sure it's perfect. Um, and they really reminded me through their acronym of hope, help one person every day um, mm. to really come back into this idea of like being here. I mean, I'm, I'm here to be of service a hundred percent. And again, sometimes I think being as close to my work as I am, I'm like, I'll, I'll stop myself some, from putting something out there because I want to make sure it's perfect or whatever it may be. And um, that message just really had a big resonating effect on me and, and, um, the guests we were going to have on today, Denise Duffield Thomas, she talks about in her book, um, be a contributor, not a guru. And I think that's so powerful, especially for anybody out there who has perfectionist tendencies like myself, um, or, you know, wanting, you know, judging myself more than I, I need to judge myself about stuff. Um, you know, it's all about just showing up from a place of love, making a contribution to this world um, and sharing your gifts in whatever way, shape or form. You don't need to wait in order to do it. You can simply put yourself out there in the way that um, feels really good and authentic for you. So one big takeaway from a real guest, one big takeaway from a non-guest that was not here today, but still really, really resonant and really pertinent for me. Mm, I love this. Thank you for sharing, Jessasaurus. Thank you. Dan, what do you say we take a quick little breaky break? Okay, I'd like to dance. Dancing is good. All right, so Mr. Eric, if you take us away for a quick break, we will be right back. And after the break, we will be talking about, again, abundance, abundance mindset, and some tips and tools for you to take um, shift out of scarcity mode and into abundance. Hunger is a story we can end. End it at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart which had been shattered in a thousand pieces just by giving her a bear hug. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Need help getting started with self-help? You came to the right place. Alternative Talk, 1150. Hey guys, thanks uh, thanks for joining us today. This is Dan and Jess with Method Mix Magic. We all know somebody that works 20 hours a day. We all know somebody that reads 20 hours a day. We all know someone that meditates, prays, or does yoga 20 hours a day. But how many of us know people that get to where they want to desire to be in their life? using that exclusively. No, my friends, life is about balance. Balance between three things. What's going on inside, energetically and mentally, and what's going outside physically with our choices, with our actions. And here at Method Meets Magic, we basically bring you guests and have some conversations that encourage and inspire you to be able to find that middle ground in your own life and create the life that you desire. Jessa Soros and I did not have the guests that we were meeting to have today. And so we've just been um, chopping it up a little bit on what we've learned over this past few months here. And uh, now we're going to get back to our regular scheduled program and talk a little bit about abundance. Jess, how has your how has your ideal about what abundance means shifted over this time that we've had guests on the show? Wow. Abundance is in a very, I am in a very big shift around the word abundance right now, which is why I've been really enjoying our guests. Um, the reason why we started this abundance series was because we really wanted to help people to understand that, you know, abundance, I think is a word that has traditionally been associated with money. And next week we will be having David Nagel. He is a money mindset master on the show. Um, 
And he will be on the show joining us next week. We'll be talking about abundance and money. But abundance is really a mindset, I think, in all aspects and all areas of your life. Abundant relationships, um, abundant relationship with yourself, creating an abundant relationship with money, creating an abundant relationship in all aspects and all areas of your life. And something that's been really coming up for me is this idea of love and self-love and self-trust as being the... um, it's the under, underpinning of abundance, of an abundance mindset is connecting in, um, connecting in, connecting to my own sense of self-love, connecting uh, and being able to bring that into all situations. When I go into a situation with, um, let's say even this weekend of being with family, um, the more that I can show up from a place of love and of connection the more that I find that outside of me feels like much more abundant and rich relationships. As I show up from a place of happiness and love and connection to myself, I'm finding that I'm able to find more abundance in relationships. So it's like almost like the lens that I'm viewing something through. So let's say um, I show up in this conversation or this interaction and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to fill myself up with love first. So for me, filling myself up with love might be going for a walk down by the beach, listening to a favorite um, meditation or a, a video, YouTube video from somebody on YouTube. I fill myself up first. And then when I go into conversation, communication uh, at the dinner table with so-and-so, even though that person maybe I don't see totally eye to eye with, we have different views on things. When I actually show up from a place of love, I find that there's much more Um, of an abundant, there's an abundance of love. There's an abundance of good feelings there because me being in a place of love allows them to, uh, in our conversation, to be in a place of greater love. So for me, abundance is shifting in many ways to have a richer and deeper definition of, um, you know, how do I want to show up and getting really clear on what that looks like? How do I communicate when I'm coming from a place of abundance? What words do I choose? What energy, energy. do I bring in? Yeah. So it's been pretty awesome. I love this. I absolutely, absolutely love this. Thanks for sharing, Aru. I think for me, what's really been called up, and I think just kind of spending time even bringing it out into the open today in relation to um, the, the episode of Marla, it's those pockets of my life where I hadn't paid attention to, when I haven't paid attention to what's going on around me in terms of those areas where abundance can be, which is everywhere, those pockets of my life where I haven't actually even given, you know, forget the abundance, forget abundance, right? Could you just leave the abundance out of it? Just basic subsistence because I've not given any any time I've not given it any love those pockets of my life where that's been and just sort of juxtaposing that with the 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 knowledge that if I'm not whole how can I expand right and as you know expansion is a big thing for both of us so getting to a space of just wholeness so that I can step into abundance and honoring those parts of my experience that I haven't been given proper attention to. I think that's one thing that I've really, really, really been connecting with over this time. I love that. Let's give the listeners um, maybe one tip on how to start doing that in their own lives. Owning where you are. I mean, we talk about this all the time. We always, 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 always talk about this. We, I, I'm hot on this. I'm a hot proponent of Owning where you are, taking honest stock of where you are right now. The example that I love to give, and I'll give it again now, is that, you know, even if I want to be, let's say I want to get to, I want to go and hang out with Jess. I want to get to Fort Lauderdale is your local airport, right? Right now? Naples. Well, Fort Myers. Fort Myers. Okay. So I desire to be at Fort Myers airport so I can hang out with my homie, Jessosaurus. Now, me visualizing being there and telling myself I'm there, pretending that I'm not right now in Chicago is not going to get me there. 
what's going to get me there is getting to Chicago airport or going to my local Amtrak. The airport's probably going to be a bit more, bit more effective or getting in a car and starting to make my way there. Now, I cannot create an effective roadmap with the most optimal journey unless I own that right here and right now I'm in Chicago. And one thing that people sometimes do when they step into this part of the, of the advice is they say, okay, but oh my goodness, I'm here. And then fall into this whole victim thing or go into uh, regret, grief, sorrow and stories about where they are instead of allowing the beauty of the fact that they don't have to remain where they are to create space for them to be, to create space around the reality of the fact that they are free to step into where they want to be. So you can go to the airport. Yes, you're in Chicago now. It may not be where you want to be, but you can lovingly make your way to the train station or getting a car or uh, go to the airport and make your way, but only if you own where you are. And so with all of with any transformation that you want to experience, any expansion that you want to see, anything new that you want to create, any outcomes that you want to, to, to make manifested, any abundance that you want to experience, it starts with owning where you are. And so before giving any other tips, any other hacks, any other tricks, I want to just encourage people to find a loving way to own where you are, loving because we must love ourselves into a space of wholeness before we can expand. Yeah. And so even breaking out into different parts of your life. So let's say I know um, Jen Gottlieb talks about, I don't know if she talked about it on the show or if she talked about it in her, one of her Facebook lives, but she was talking about her friends saying to her, like, Jen, you're not going to meet anyone if you never leave the house. And so even taking you know, let's say in the relationship aspect of your life, you're like, I really do want to create an abundant relationship that's like full of love and full of connection. Well, if I'm sitting at home just going, gosh, I want to take a really, I really want that. And I'm just so frustrated because it's not here. Start to take stock of where your mind's at. You know, do I believe that that's something that I can have? Oh yeah, I totally do. Do I believe that, um, you know, I'm likable and that people like to spend time with me. Well, not really. I'm starting, I, I think I can have the relationship, but I'm realizing that I have this weird thought in my head that people don't like me. Okay, cool. So let's like shift that. And then let's look at, you know, what am I doing on a weekly basis? Am I creating room in my schedule to go and meet people? Oh, wow. I'm really not. I've actually binge watched Game of Thrones episode seasons one through 17. I don't know. I don't watch the show, but you know, it's, it's easy to just, just look at the lack of something be, not being there and saying, oh, it's just not there. And it's so frustrating. And the universe must have something against me because it's not there versus, okay, so how am I showing up? If I'm taking honest inventory of how I'm showing up, what I'm doing, um, what I think about myself, and then I can move forward from there because then I can start to see the roadmap moving forward as opposed to it's just not there. So let me try some crazy stuff and make my vision board and do all of the things. Great. But you really do need to be able to say, oh, I'm actually just not going out at all. And when I do go out, I wear clothes that don't feel good. And then I'm not, don't feel confident in myself to go out and talk to people. Dan, I saw you say something, but you're muted. <laughs> <laughs> I love this is what I said. And um, what, what speaks to me immediately off the back of hearing those words, thank you, is lose the stories. Lose the stories and create your own narrative, right? Let the stories go around, oh, you know, God doesn't love me you know, um, I'm this, I'm that, I'm not this enough, I'm not that enough, I'm too much this, I'm too much that. Take stock of where you are, owning that you have those stories and ask yourself here and now, okay, these are the stories that are happening right now. This is what's going on in my internal environment, but what do I want my internal environment to be? What do I actually want to feel? What do I want to experience? That I feel positions you more optimally to then say, what moves can I make now? I always talk about microshift. What microshift can I make? What baby step can I make in the direction then of those feelings 
maybe it is getting the dress that makes me feel a certain way or makes me feel good and, and popping out. Maybe it is not going out to that place that I've been going to for the last five years because it's been getting me the same results and I've been meeting the same person, right? Maybe I need to try something different. Maybe I need to not do any dating for a while and just connect with what makes me feel good instead of the patterns that I've been repeating, which are not making me feel too bueno. Yeah. And this comes back to and circles back to the idea of the abundance mindset and um, at the very beginning that we talked about and recognizing that you are one with the divine because we have to recognize in that anything is possible for any of us. If it's available for one person, then it has to be a possible for me. So if you're saying to yourself, I think it can be easy for us to say like lose the story, just change your story. And then there's all of the emotional stuff that comes along with it. So, um, you know, we have to be really cognizant as well. There's something I've been doing a lot of talking about is the emotional pain body and how we can get really activated by a trigger um, that makes that story feel really, really real again, even though it's not. And we just made it up and we had the reinforcement that that was something that – we, Dan, I'm feeding back a little bit on your side. Um, you know, that I'm feeding, you know, that I'm, I'm feeling that story and it feels really real and it viscerally feels really real. So start, just start to like, Dan, you give such great advice on micro shifting and, and just even again, becoming conscious and cognizant of the fact that there is a story there and digging out what that story is can be a really great start. Go ahead, Dan, Mike's on to you. Sorry about the feeding back, my love. What I was going to say um, was a, a big thing that I've been talking about, and I'm, I'm a proponent of to the Maximus, Maximus, Maximus right now, is pushing your edge without pushing your buttons. And so looking for that one microscopic baby step of expansion in the direction of where you want to be that has the least resistance so that we have expansion, we anchor that in with celebration and then look for the next baby step and build a pattern of success with grace and ease that pushes our edge without pushing our buttons. So, and when we hit those hard edges, sometimes you need to take a pause for a minute, take a pause, spend that time in pause, reflecting on all you have achieved on the distance that you have traveled, even if it's one step that's all you made and then you hit an edge, right? and just reinforcing the emotional experience of those successes because consciousness can't be in two places at the same time. So if I'm consciously bathing in gratitude for what I've achieved so far, no matter how seemingly quote unquote small that is, I've expanded my edge. I'm greater than I was before. Reflecting on that and bathing in that and then finding space in that moment to look for where the next baby step is. And if, the next baby step is still not apparent and I need to spend a bit more time connecting with what I've achieved so far, then do it. Because that time spent bathing in gratitude is expanding you too. Maybe not as tangibly as you'd like to, 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 you'd like to, um, to expand, but we are still expanding by spending time in gratitude. Energetically, that is adding to us. It's feeding our soul in a positive and empowering way. And then, it could be a day, it could be an hour, it could be a week, it could be a month, it could be a year later of, that spent doing that. We may be ready for the next step. I think putting pressure on ourselves that we have to achieve growth and expansion within a preconceived time frame is nonsensical. If we're only 15 years old, I say this all the time, if we're only 15 years old, we've spent 15 years learning to be the person that we are today. If it takes us a year, right, to make the next step because we're breaking free, from the stories that have been holding us in that pattern of creation for 15 years, so be it. Because once you do break through, quantum leaps will become apparent in our experience with grace and ease because we're no longer held captive by the stories that have been keeping us in the same space anyway. I love all of this. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. And I think this comes back to, again, this, what I was talking about from Chilpreneur with Denise um, Duffield Thomas's book is, be a contributor, not a guru. You don't have to achieve your transformation 
into this unicorn being in a week just because somebody else did. And, um, you know, especially I, I know in the entrepreneurial space, like, um, having, you know, sometimes seeing other people going through exponential growth and being in a winter, um, I've, I've come into the comparison trap at times. And then I recognize that like every, everything in life goes in cycles. And sometimes we're in our winter and sometimes we're in our spring and sometimes we're in our summer and we can be any and all of the things. And it's all beautiful because no matter where you are on your journey, whether you're this enlightened guru on the side of the mountain, which I don't know that like really anyone ever achieves in this lifetime. Maybe they do. I don't know. Um, or, you know, wherever you're at, honor it because even the the down cycles, even the winters, even the the falls, like those those things in our life are prepping us for something, I believe, something bigger. And like they said um, in the they said last week, Chris and Jen, they were like, you know, you can't always connect the dots looking forward, but you can most certainly always connect them looking backwards. And that's to me such a powerful, powerful, powerful way to look at life. I love this and all of the things. I just stole your phrase. Do you like that? But we're abundant, so I'm keeping it. Um, <laughs> I think a beautiful way to sort of round this off with this whole idea of abundance is abundance is available to us if we let go of the stories that separate us from the abundance. And letting go of the stories needn't be this aggressive, angry thing. It can be a beautiful process that happens in different seasons. And sometimes it's snowing and we cannot plant seeds or reap them, but you can ski or snowboard. And that's a beautiful thing too, right? Um, the same way that snowboarding or skiing is not probably the most effective thing to do on the same mountain during the summertime, but that's when things are gonna be growing. And that's beautiful too. And this again comes down to this whole idea that suffering exists around the stories that we make around things that are gonna happen anyway. I did a, an interview last Thursday, um, a woman called Jill Prescott and I spoke about pain and the truth about pain and the fact that stories are what bring suffering. And so what I'd like to encourage the listeners to do over this coming week is look for abundance from where you are, as you are, love that, see the divinity in yourself and everyone around you. And if it takes time to break free, so be it. Abundance is there. Spend time loving yourself enough to be connected to it instead of bathing in the stories that separate you from it. Check us out on Facebook, Method Meets Magic. Instagram, Method Meets Magic. Jessica's Jess underscore Bubba Code, B-U-B-B-I-C-O. I'm Dreamer CEO. We look forward to catching you next week when we've got Mr. David Nagel talking about money mindset. We love you. Thank you. And see you next time. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye. We're going to dance in love. <laughs>